SEN's 11.70am here in Sydney. Summer Brecky with Trent Copeland and Michael Karianis for your Thursday, the 1st of February. Filling in the chairs for Vossi and Brandy. The boys are back February 12th, Monday, February the 12th. Uh, we've said goodbye to those listening on SENQ 693 in Brizzy. If you're listening anywhere else across the SEN network and on the SEN app, good morning to you. There's plenty of big stories Around the grounds today, Mitch Marsh's AB Medal honour and his hilarious acceptance speech, one of the great speeches of all time, uh, and certainly the public hearing the authentic self. Um, we've heard from numerous people about Mitch Marsh and his career, but just reflecting on some of the other award winners last night, Ash Gardner winning the Belinda Clark Award, uh, well clear in first position on 147 votes over Elise Perry. Uh, men's domestic player of the year, Cameron Bancroft, Nathan Lyon, the test player of the year, and Elise Perry, women's T20 international and ODI player of the year. So that's just recapping a few of the players from last night, winning big awards. Matt Short as well, the BBL player of the tournament, well-deserved there. Now, just quickly, before we get to, we've got Jared Waitley, James Magnuson, and Greg Chappell coming on the show today. Um, We've got MC's players under pressure from the NRL. We'll get to the Knights and the Panthers today. But just quickly, Steve Smith, he's been criticised, obviously, all summer for form. Yep. Um, when David Warner was being replaced, he went to the top of the order. Speculation around whether he was the right person to be at the top of the order. We heard him talking about that last night at the Australian Cricket Awards. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really overthink things at the start. Um, you know, there was a lot of commentary around I'd failed in two or three innings or whatever it was. I had a not out and two low scores, and now I think I'm averaging 60 as an opener. So, um, yeah, you know, I didn't really read too much into it. It was just another position. You know, I've batted against a, a new ball numerous times um, coming in early. So, for me, it's, it's just a position. I'm just playing, and... Um, I could, I can genuinely tell you that's just how he speaks and how he thinks about the game. Uh, you know, the public perception or the chatter, you know, about whether he's good enough or not. It, it honestly, as soon as he walks into the middle, he is still the kid that played in the backyard mm. in Menai. Yeah, you know, he, he's still that guy. And there's nothing wrong with what he said. He's sort of, and it's too premature to know if it's going to work or not. Really, you're not going to judge him on two tests. You're not going to judge him on two more tests against New Zealand. You're going to judge him off the back of India, England, those sort of yeah. um, when the, you know you get a, a dozen or so tests in there to work out. Okay, was it the right move? Was it the wrong move? But um, you know, I don't think you'd be brave to write him off yeah. and say it's not going to work. Oh, I'm to be honest, I'm all for people um, talking about failures and you know if they're is a string of matches where there's no success. Yeah. It has to be talked about. Yeah. So I'm certainly not being a cheerleader here, but his innings in that second innings almost got astray over the line, and he looked phenomenal. From the moment he came to the crease in the second innings, he was crisp, short, sharp with his movements. 91 not out there. We felt agonizingly short, but it was maybe glossed over how well he played mm. because it was in a loss. So Steve Smith hits back somewhat to the critics there. Uh, a few NRL stories before we get into your players under pressure, MC. Uh, Mal Meninga has been reappointed as the Kangaroos coach after surviving a review of the national team in the wake of their 30-0 loss to New Zealand last November. Just quickly, right call, wrong call? Right call. No huge surprise, obviously, off the back of a 
um, a loss. Mm. Uh, whenever the Kangaroos lose, there's got to be, you know, a post-mortem, I guess, because it's so rare. And particularly the way they lost, that's 30 nils embarrassing for um, the Kangaroos. And no disrespect to the Kiwis, but the Kangaroos shouldn't be getting beat by anyone by 30 points. Yep. Um, so no doubt, but I think Mao's the shown um, that he can do the job. He's done the job so well, and he's a great statesman for that Kangaroos positioning. Just gets it. He He gets where the kangaroos are in terms of the Australian sport pecking order, where they are in terms of um, the NRL origin kangaroos international window. And um, he's brought a bit of prestige back. He's brought a bit of understanding um, of the historical nature of the kangaroos. So, look, I think he's the right man for the job to lead him into the next World Cup, and that would probably see him through now, yep. I'd say. Yeah, you'd imagine so. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six is the Edgewater Homes tax line. Do you think Australia got it right reappointing Mal Meninga? Just quickly on the NRL, Josh Schuster. A story came out yesterday mm. about his lack of training and preparation, and the question was raised: Would he be on the plane to Vegas? Not ideal for Josh Schuster. Obviously, we know he's a guy that needs to be on the paddock as much as he can. Uh, switching back into the back row. Um, but you know, he had an awful run before Christmas where he got chicken pox and obviously an adult with chicken pox can quick, chicken pox can be quite dangerous mm. and, and, and severe. And, and that knocked him around a bit. And then upon his return, he fractured his finger at the start of this year. And then, um, because of the lack of training, he's picked up a calf strain, um, as well. So he's been, hasn't trained properly since December and he came back in great shape. You look mm. at um, his preseason before Christmas, and he was in good nick before contracting chicken pox and all these other things. So um, I'd say unlikely to go to Vegas would be my guess. Unlikely, okay. Would be my guess um, because there's a lot of like they leave in three. Blake Solly told us yesterday that they leave in three weeks. Yeah, and he hasn't trained for properly for five weeks, and he's a guy that needs to train. Particularly if it's a calf. The, you, know, you just know that they they pop their head up yeah. all season if you don't look after them right. Head, long flight, all these sort of stuff. Mm. You, you want, And then if he doesn't play in week one, he's got three more weeks to play, you know, because of, um, you know, they play week one, then they've got a week off when the rest of the NRL plays week one, then they play round two. So they've got a bit, of, they've got a bit more time to get him right. And it's a long season. So if I'm manly, I'm probably taking a conservative approach with Josh Schuster. Yeah. Fair call. All right. Just before we duck into your NRL players under pressure, get to us on the text line 0457 736 736 on the NRL, on the players under pressure, but also on the cricket landscape as well. Tabman 64 is just texting. So will the cheerleader, AKA me discuss lucky, not so lucky at the moment. Marnus, a few teams that can catch and look at him now. I doubt it can't upset his mates. Tabman, have a bit of a look in the mirror. You won't see me being a cheerleader at any point. I'll come in on here, talk real terms, my opinion, but I'm not coming in here as mates, just reflecting the half truth. Marnus is under pressure like any other player. When you don't perform for a full summer, the questions will be asked. Uh, love those texts. Keep coming at me, but you're not going to get anything other than my real opinion on here. MC, NRL players under I pressure. I love you fired up. You reckon? Yeah. That's, that was good. Yeah, that's just real. That's Usually me. I'm the Nakia one. Uh, I don't that's skate good. around the truth. Uh, you can't be in this industry and 
just be a cheerleader. No, he you won't last. found out way too easy. Yeah. Um, we're going to start with the Knights. We're going to cover the Knights and the Panthers today. Like that. Chuck's all over this, by the way. Speaking of cheerleaders. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll start with the Knights. Yeah, let's start with the Knights. And this is the easiest one anyone can come up with. Um, and it uh, hasn't taken much imagination. Kalen Ponga. Okay. Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like I've, I've tried to steer away from the obvious ones, but you just can't hear with the Newcastle Knights because he is the Newcastle Knights, Kalen Ponga. We saw one of the most remarkable seasons last year because don't forget, and I think it's probably been underplayed a little bit, there were some serious question marks on if he would come back and play rugby league at all off the back of that concussion, at all. Went to Canada, yeah. came back, even admitted to himself that he had some self-doubt um, whether he, he would be able to, to, to come back onto the field. And not, not only did he come back onto the field, he returned with this edge that we hadn't seen in Kalimponga. This determination, this grit, this real, all right, I know where I'm at in my career. I know what, I'm, what I can do for this club. And he put him on his back and led him to the finals. Won a daily end medal in the process and just completed, you know, it wasn't Tom Travojevic-like season in terms of sheer dominance, but from where he came back from, um, I think it was one of the most remarkable eight months that mm. we've seen a person have. From the, the, the lowest of lows in my career could be over to, some, to finally stringing games together, living up to the hype because they haven't got bang for their buck. Newcastle, they've seen glimpses of it and, and he's been, you know, a draw card and all the talent in the world, but they just haven't got that million dollar plus. He's the highest paid player in the game. Yeah. Kalen Ponga. And last year, finally he played like that. And if he can get close to that level again, the Knights can do some serious damage in this competition. Yeah. And they were hot at the end of the year. Business end, they were one of those teams where you're thinking, wow, if you come up against them and Kalen has a day. Yeah. You know, you're a team that could play your best game and still get beaten. That's how good Kalen Ponger is. But I guess my question on the back of that, MC, is we saw him opt out of Origin because of what was going on and yeah. wanted to get a full string of games together. Reese Walsh is incredible. Mm. You've got numerous other candidates that could play that role. AJ Brimson has done it. Um, but I think the genuine conversation here is much like the Trebojevic-Tedesco conversation yeah. and even you know Dylan Edwards and the extension to Clint Gutherson and numerous others. How do you fit Kalen Ponga and Reese Walsh into an origin environment for Queensland? You just have to. You both. have to. You have both. to play them both. Like, Kalen's shown potentially he can be that. But then it it's hard because you can say you can play the bench utility, but then what happens to Ben Hunt and Harry Grant combination, which has worked so well for him for the last mm. three years? Because I don't think you can have Grant, Hunt, Ponga, Walsh you know, you can't have two of them off, two of those four on the bench because well, it makes it a really small bench then. Maybe they can because Ruben Cotter, Carrigan, Tino play can big, all but play it's a lot. It's a, it's a risk to have those sort of yeah. two, you know, an outside back and a half hooker on the bench. Um, it Yeah, it makes your bench very, very small. Does one of them play? Kalen has dabbled at centre before. We've seen him do that with, with players. I don't know, but... 
Not my problem. They're in disarray already, the Queenslanders. <laughs> we talked about that already this morning. Yeah, a bit of a riff going on up there. Was that what you said? No, I did not say that. <laughs> no, Don't start that. Uh, we but won't yes. start that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the Panthers. Yep. Who have you got there? Jerome Luai. Um, obviously, because of what's happened in the last couple of months with, with Jerome Luai, obviously was frustrated with Penrith before Christmas when um, it leaked out that he was going to leave the club. He, he didn't go to training for those last couple of days before Christmas, has opted to sign with the West Tigers. Um, we know what sort of persona he is and the headlines that he attracts, and a lot of it he does bring upon himself. Um, and But being that million-dollar signing that's going to go to the West Tigers um, in, in 25, look, he'll probably be on this list two years in a row because he'll be here at Penrith this year, and then next year yep. you'd say he'll be on that list for the West Tigers when he becomes the main man. But we've seen so many Penrith players sign 12 months out and have success. Crichton, Kikau, Coruscant, you know, all these guys still produced elite performances in their final 12 months at Penrith, and I think Jerome can do the same. It seems that he's got such a great relationship with a lot of his peers, yeah. you know, Brian Toto and numerous others at the Panthers that – Despite signing elsewhere, it, the opportunity to achieve more on the back of what they've already achieved the last two years in particular. Yeah. It, you could be talking about that lasting legacy of not just Jerome, but this Panthers group. And that's enough in, in terms of an elite athlete and the drive and the motivation to be your best. Mm. Other than the fact that you just love the game and love footy. Yeah. Um, getting out there. He's got it all in front of him this year. He does. He does. And you know he creates headlines. Right. Your headlines. My headlines. In particular, yeah. Yeah, no, we're sweet. People you always ask good? me. We're, we're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Any other riffs going on? No, not really. Not really. Um, other than with Jimmy Smith? <laughs> that's you and Jimmy. I'm, I'm, the, I'm smoking the peace pipe between you guys. That's my role as facilitator. And we had a text yesterday about the All-Stars from Mark, and I said I'd check when that side gets named. It gets named oh. next week. Okay. So it'll be named next week. There's another text here from Noosa Bronco on when do the trials start. The first trial is Feb 15. Broncos v Storm. Not far Bromble. away. We're on the 1st of Feb today, so two weeks away. And look at you going away doing your research, doing your homework. Yep. Mickey Arthur would be proud. <laughs> Mickey Arthur would be proud. Uh, we've been discussing all of the big stories this morning. 0457 736 736 is the Edgewater Homes text line. 1300 011170 is the open line. The NRL players under pressure from MC. The Knights, Kalen Ponga and the Panthers, Jerome Luai. Tell us what you think. Is there other players that MC should consider? Who else did you want to talk about? Text us in. Tell us your thoughts. Give us a call. We're here for Brighton's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness? Contact Brighton's Lawyers. Stay with us. Straight to your calls and texts in just a moment. Jump on the line now and have your say. We have a Signet Boost power bank to give away to today's best open line caller. That number again, 1300 01 Welcome back to Summer Brecky here on SEN's 1170 AM. Trent Copeland and Michael Karianis with you. Cloudy today with a top of 28 degrees in the city and 31 in the west. Currently looking very dark outside our studios here in North Sydney. Or maybe that's just the outlook 
around Michael Carianus. Oh, the aura. The aura. Carrying darkness around you. <laughs> no, <laughs> <That's a bit laughs> harsh. <laughs> oh, come on, mate. I'm not speaking facts. Making things up. Uh, a reminder, Vossie and Brandy are back on SEN Brecky here. Monday, February the 12th, Super Bowl day. The boys will be back from whatever the, it is they have been doing for months. What are you, where are you at Super Bowl? You're doing a, an event. Yeah, I'm hosting pregame show for seven down um, in Melbourne. I, I, 49ers are playing in the game. Very tempted to find my way over there. Um, rare that you get yourself oh, in a situation where okay. your own team are in the Super Bowl. Hey, uh, we but, need to probe. Uh, hey, what are the chances? No, nah, zero. I've made oh, a decision okay. I'm not going to, but okay. I was I was exploring it. When you, your own team gets into it. Yeah. Also, while I've been playing, I've never been able to. Yeah. Never been. Oh, here we go. Oh, Charlie, good sir. There's no need to be throwing that in my face. Yeah. It's not a hard luck story. I mean, my team's in the Super Bowl. I'll take that. But anyway, yeah. So I'm going to be in Melbourne with the pregame show. Um, but it's it's going to be an interesting week, put it that way. So how will you watch it then as part of... Will you be... So we do an hour lead-in show. Yeah. Um, and then once it takes and they go to the pregame announcements and play picks up, then I'll just be in studio and watching it at a pub, okay. I'd imagine. Nice. Yeah. Should be a good day. But we've got a few texts coming in this morning. 0457 736 736, one in particular, MC. Yeah. The big G has pulled us up here and has asked for a bit of um, a bit of detail regarding reigning supercars champion Brody Kostecki. Um, and the fact that he may not contest the opening round of the championship, um, given a split uh, between him and his team. You got a bit more information on that, Copes? Yep. So we got a media release yesterday from Erebus Motorsport saying that Kostecki was still a valued member of the team. Contrary to media reports, Brody Kostecki remains part of the Erebus Motorsport family and is a valued member of our team, the statement said. But Kostecki will not race at Bathurst in three weeks' time. Brody has indicated that he's not in a position to take part in the opening round of the 2024 Supercars Championship. Todd Hazelwood will stand in for Brody at the Bathurst 500 in February. So that's the reigning champ, Brody Kostecki, in Supercars, not racing in Bathurst. So well done, the big G, pulling us up there, making sure that we're across all the news here at SEN. Uh, keep those texts coming in. If we've missed something, if you've got opinion on what we've had to say, 0457 736 736. We've been talking best acceptance speeches in the world of sport. We've heard about Kevin Durant's first MVP speech. Uh, we've had Cameron Smith, the 2016 grand final after a loss, citing how relevant and historic it was for the Sharks and all mm. of their fans. But that's on the back of Mitch Marsh last night. Uh, it, you know, one of the bits of audio that is just magic and the real authentic personality coming through. If you missed it, have a listen to this. I always go to awards nights and I spray people at the table because they haven't got anything prepared um, at an awards night. Um, and I don't have anything prepared. So um, but I'd like to pay particular uh, thank yous to uh, Ronnie and Patty. Um, you just, you believe in me. Um, and I don't really know. I, I can't thank you enough for just believing in me. And I'm a bit fat at times and I love a beer, but... Um, <laughs> but you see the best in me always and um, you just, yeah, you've, uh, you've changed my life. So uh, for your support, Patty, and your leadership, um, playing under you is an absolute dream. So, 
There you go. That's Mitch Marsh. Absolute gold, MC. Yeah. Absolute yeah. gold. Uh, the public are rightly loving that moment, the award that he was uh, that was bestowed upon him last night, but also just the person mm. that they're seeing in front of them as well. And, and we touched on the $200 million Powerball and what, yes. you know, what you'd spend it on and if you'd keep it a secret or if you could keep it. I don't know how you could. If you could keep it a secret from your family and friends. And I was interested in the fact that um, when I asked you, would you dabble in a sporting organization with all the T20 franchises in the world, you wouldn't have a look at one of them? Yeah, I'd definitely, I'd be looking everywhere. Mm. I'd, I'd be poking every hole that I could in terms of that sporting landscape. If you've got 200 million to play with, you've got some decisions to make. I'm sure Kim would like to uh, have a bit of a look around that landscape <laughs> too. So uh, we'd be going halves maybe in some of the ownership stakes, uh, but it'd be good fun, wouldn't it? Just mm. to be able to have no worries in the world and start playing around with finances. Uh, cool. Tell us what you would do. 0457 736 736. We're here for Brighton's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness? Contact Brighton's Lawyers. The 7.30 News headlines up next. Stay with us. A great lineup of guests today, including the Missile, James Magnuson, Jared Waitley and Greg Chappell. You're listening to SEN 1170 AM, the home of sport in Sydney. Thanks, Vanessa. Brecky is powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Trent Copeland and Michael Karianis with you this morning. If you're just waking up, here's what's making news. Mitch Marsh last night won the Allen Border Medal. Uh, 223 votes out in front of Pat Cummins in second on 144 votes. So a significant margin of victory. Ash Gardner received the Belinda Clark Award. Uh, she also had a pretty significant victory there. 147 votes ahead of Elise Perry in second and Annabelle Sutherland in third. Cameron Bancroft named the Men's Domestic Player of the Year. Just updating in football in the Premier League. We mentioned there was two games that had already kicked off. Man City v Burnley. That's 2-0 Man City at halftime. Tottenham, Ange Postacoglu's Tottenham down 1-0 at halftime to Brentford. And since we mentioned it last, Liverpool and Chelsea have kicked off as well. That one nil all after 19 minutes. Cameron Smith, SEN zone, Cameron Smith, the captain's run uh, show will return in 2024 and he'll be a big part of that. And we'll have no interruptions during Origin because he has pulled the pin from Billy Slater's Queensland staff. He wants to focus more on family and coaching at grassroots level. He'll be replaced by Matty Ballon. Uh, just quickly on Matty Ballon, mm. MC, uh, seems to have found his groove in, you know, the landscape of football. Did a bit of media, a bit of coaching, a uh, bit of mentoring stuff. I don't know what else he's been doing, but he seems to have found a niche that, um, and particularly in Queensland. Yeah, the Broncos. Well, yeah. 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 He, he relocated to the Broncos, obviously had a, a, a great career at, at Manly, a very short career at the Tigers, but a really good career at Manly Premiership winner. Played for Queensland, was actually Cameron Smith's understudy for a long yeah, time, um, and then made the switch to to Queensland and working with the Broncos, and now um, gets a, a chance in the Origin Arena. Now the Daily Telegraph uh, finally had a contribution from Michael Carianis yesterday uh, mm. after months. Months. Months of nothing. <laughs> about time he picked up the keyboard. Got a good run too. Look at it. And the photo. Yeah, it got about an inch of real estate in the Daily Telly. About Jack Whiten. Yeah. Talk to us. Yeah, it's going to be a story that sort of evolves a little bit. But the news as it is right now is that Jack Whiten was invited to Michael Maguire's first camp this weekend. Uh, won't come. 
Yeah. Um, is still undecided, but has told those close to him that he, he'll probably put his hand up for New South Wales if his form warrants it. And um, uh, the fact that if he, he, you know, he wants to try and just focus on South Sydney, get off to a good start, playing in the centres again. Uh, and look, there's no certainty that he'd be picked anyway, really. When you had a fully fit firing New South Wales backline, you know, Tommy Turbo, Luttrell, Bradman Best, Stephen Crichton. They're all some centers, you know, Katoni Stags potentially that would go ahead of him at the moment. You know, he's handy off the bench though in uh, terms of his, his last, versatility. His last series that he played, he was mm. unreal. Yeah. It, it was exceptional, the impact that he did have. Anyway, big story there from Michael Carianis, which will evolve, no doubt. We had a, a text coming in on 0457 736 736. Willow from Windsor. Mitch Marsh's acceptance speech last night was the best I've ever seen. It's easy to see why he's so popular amongst the playing group. I'm tipping he's still on the dance floor. That's probably pretty accurate, I reckon. The only thing he might stop for, uh, I saw him after the Gabba test at the Qantas Club the next day, and he had got up at 4 a.m., driven to the Gold Coast for a surf, to come back to Brisbane to then take a flight. You know, that that okay. might be the only thing getting him on the, off the dance floor was you know, going for a surf this morning. Okay. But uh, anyway, great story and a great acceptance speech. Uh, Peter Volandis has had a cheeky dig at Wayne Bennett for putting his hand up for the Kiwi head coach role. This is thanks to listener. Have a listen to this. I don't know why Wayne wants to get on a loser. I, you know, the, 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 <laughs> he's normally a winning coach. Why, why would he want to go and coach against Australia is beyond me. <laughs> a nice little jab there. Yeah, it, it is a nice little jab. But I think <laughs> the great PVL forgot that the Kiwis smashed the Kangaroos yeah. in their last start, 30-0. But, no, nah, he just loves a bit of theatre. Um, Volandis, and, and that's what that's what that's about, I'd say. Yeah, that's an understatement, I reckon. Uh, Rory McIlroy softened his stance when it comes to live golf, now believing that there should be no penalty for those who want to return to play on traditional golf tours. Here's what Rory had to say. Let them come back. I mean, I don't, I don't think, I think it's hard to punish people. Um, I don't think there should be a punishment for, I, I'm obviously I've changed my tune on that because I see where golf is and I see that having a diminished PGA tour and having a diminished live tour or anything else is, is bad for both parties. The faster that we can all get back together and start to play and, you know, start to have, you know, the strongest feels possible, I think is great for golf. Interesting opinion there from Rory McElroy. What do you think? 0457 736 736 is the Edgewater Homes text line. Tell us, do you think that should happen? But even just the fact that Rory has changed his opinion, uh, where does that stem from? Is it money? Is it just the fact that this is the new landscape of golf. We're here for Brighton's lawyers unable to work due to injury or illness. Contact Brighton's lawyers. Stay with us here on Summer Brecky on SEN. James Magnuson joining us just after the break to discuss Russia being stripped of an Olympic gold medal. We might actually update on his opinion on what he might spend the 200 <laughs> mil on and if that is enough yep. on Powerball tonight. SEN Summer Brecky, Trent Copeland and Michael Carianis with you this morning, 7.43am in Sydney. We've been talking all morning about the Allen Border Medal hilarious acceptance speech last night from Mitch Marsh. It was 
absolutely classic, of course, Mitch Marsh winning the Allen Border Medal at the Australian Cricket Awards on 223 votes out in front of Pat Cummins in second. Ash Gardner winning the top gong, the Belinda Clark Award in the women's game, 147 votes out in front of Elise Perry. Now, we have SEN Zone, host of many shows, Mm. the Missile James Magnuson on the line. Good morning, Missile. How are you? Morning, lads. Never better. How are you guys? Never better, he says. Yeah, we're going good in here. Uh, we've just had MC running his own segments. He's finally lifted the keyboard back up and contributed <laughs> to the Daily Telegraph. Uh, but it's been a good morning. We were talking yesterday about uh, r- the story that came out that Russia has been stripped of a 2022 Winter Olympics gold medal for team figure skating. Um, sa- they've sanctioned Russia. And the important part of this, and I'm really keen to get your opinion on it, is bumping the U.S. team up from second place to receive then gold medals. What's your take on this whole thing? Because doping violations or however it comes to fruition, it's not an exact science, right? Yeah, it's not an exact science. Um, I've been involved in two situations uh, of similar ilk. The first one, um, so in London 2012 Olympics, our Australian 4x100 freestyle team, got fourth. Uh, yeah. A Russian team came second, I think, second or third, so they got a medal. Uh, a few years down the track, one of the swimmers was banned for doping, but they didn't backtrack on those results and give us a medal because there was grey area around when was he doping, was he doping during London, that sort of thing. So it's quite a grey area. Um, it, even given that the years down the track, the medal doesn't mean anything when they give it to you retrospectively. Like, there's no 20,000 people there clapping you when that medal gets sent in the mail. That's a pretty empty thing. So, really, to the athletes, that doesn't mean anything. And a big part of being an athlete, right, is, um, well, it's a job. You're setting yourself up for for life after sport. Sponsors don't go, well, well, you know, James was in a relay back in London that now got bronze, so we'll bring him on board as an ambassador. That stuff's dead and buried years down the track. So... As a from a financial perspective, the the loss has already been taken. The second time I was involved in it, um, we so actually same Olympics, we got a bronze medal in the four by one hundred medley relay, and a couple of years down the track, Brenton Rickard, one of our swimmers, uh, he was a breaststroker in that team, had an irregular test and it got taken to the court of arbitration for sport. He ended up getting off, but in the meantime. They were contacting us saying that we may get our medals taken off us. So there's there's real inconsistencies in the in the process. There's inconsistencies around proving when the athlete was on what substance. Um, but as far as an athlete's perspective, it's an empty medal. So you don't really care years down the track about getting given a, a medal retrospectively. When they say to you, Miss, that they can strip your medal, do they physically ask for it back, or how does it how does it work? <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty funny, actually. So um, all my medals and paraphernalia and stuff are kept kept safe by my mum and dad. I don't have anything in my own house. And uh, I called my mum and dad and told them about it. And mum's like, well, good luck to them. They'll have to come and strip it from me because <laughs> I'm not sending it back to them. <laughs> so they actually ask, they, they ask for it, do they? Yeah, they, they ask for it back. Yeah. <laughs> That's but whether pretty... they get it or not, like oh, no. if these blokes in Russia are going, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no worries. Got this little thing going on over in Ukraine at the moment, yeah. but I'll, I'll be concerned about you guys and send my metal, metal back express post. 
Yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah. yeah, no, actually, you know what? No worries. You can come to my yes. house and I'll yeah. give it to you. Yeah. Yeah, you think it's hard going up to Port Macquarie and getting it off Mrs. Magnuson. <laughs> you know, go, par- go parachute into Moscow and b- bring it out of their hands. <laughs> exactly right. Hey, we were talking, MC was giving you a bit of stick that 150 million Powerball wasn't enough for you mm. uh, a little yeah. while ago. What about 200 yeah. mil tonight? A, are you in it to win it? And B, are you happy with that amount? Yeah, 200 mil will, will be just enough for the rest of your life. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to explain the current property market to MC, but now we're at 200 mil. There are houses in Sydney worth over 100 million dollars. So if I win that 200 mil, first and foremost, I want the biggest house in Sydney, obviously. Yeah. Then the rest of the money I can live off. But MC was talking about a piddly little 15 million dollar house. Like that's all well, I that need. might get you maybe. That might get you a parking space in Point Piper, but it's not going to get you a house, MC. I don't want to live there. <laughs> I don't want to live next to you, mate. Far out. It'll be, imagine. No, and no, then you wanted, the you wanted a nanny and stuff. You don't even have kids. Yeah, no, no, I want a nanny for myself. I need someone to cook and clean for me. No, MC, the, you, don't want, you don't want to be the richest man on the street because then everybody comes to you looking for handouts. You want to go where the other rich people are so nobody hassles you. That's the secret. Well, this is our other point, right? Apparently... Some, well, the experts Expert. are saying, um, maybe try and keep it a secret from your family and friends. That's got you written all over it. But I'm not sure <laughs> how you're going to do that with your $200 million house. Yeah, well, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but she's not around, so I will. My girlfriend has a client who won a uh, lotto or Powerball and has never told anyone. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. You've started yeah. the hunt. SEN listeners will be wow. all over it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> she's got a heap of clients. But, yeah, that was, that's one of her, like – high net worth um, clients is someone that won, I don't know if it was Lotto or Powerball, but a lot of money and has never told anyone who's made like really subtle, quiet investments here and there and hasn't really lived that different of a life since. They must have had plenty to start with though, I'd say. Like you could only, like you can only do it in a way where you have a, a decent living standard already. So you don't have yeah, to make well, a significant you, jump. If, if you started rocking up to SEN in a Ferrari, I'd be asking questions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Exactly my point. Oh, What's on man. for the rest of the week, mate? You got a uh, not on rotation uh, this week. What's happening? I'm with you next week um, from Monday. Yeah, next next week I'll be back with the Brecky crew just at the gym at the moment, working hard this week at the gym, um, then back to normal programming. Looking forward now the cricket's done, the tennis is done. Finally, we can talk about God's game, rugby league again. Because it stopped us over the last couple of weeks anyway. <laughs> we tried, mate. And MC it. starts bringing his own segments to the show. <laughs> Players under pressure. <laughs> uh, Miss Oil, thanks for coming on this morning. Uh, we love your content as always. Have a great day. Pleasure, lads. Chat yeah, soon. Man. We are here for Bryden's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness? Contact Bryden's Lawyers. Stay with us. Plenty more to come, including Jared Whiteley and Greg Chappell.